Hey guys, Sean Cleveland here again for another episode of No Manuals for This Life. Now on today's episode, we're going to start off with a little something different. For those who do not know, I am the author of the book entitled Let It Go, An Urban Greek Tragedy. It is a work of fiction and I wrote it a few years ago and this is basically what it was about. The story of Mo. Kayla, Stephanie, Slot, and Cherry is a clear example of an urban Greek tragedy in relation to not understanding the dynamics of love, the idea that some love shouldn't last and need to be let go of. Even when they are true and deserving loves, sometimes because of circumstance or just because of the timing they should not be held onto, some loves are one-sided and are doomed from the start because only one person feels it. It's a lopsided love that can cause serious problems, so it should be let go of also. And then there is the fact that all loves to some degree are possessive, leading to those experiences that cross the line into the obsessive, the controlling, and the out of control, turning the idea of love into an abusive situation that should be let go. And sadly, there are a great many loves that are tainted by their own misinterpretation meaning that some loves have no respect in them, some loves have no understanding in them, and some loves they anticipate more than they should. We as people are flawed by design, and as a result, so are most of the loves that we attempt to share with one another. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, we feel a love that should not last or that cannot sustain itself under the pressures of the lives we've chosen to live. But because it is love, we stay connected and hold on to it with all of our might even when it hurts physically, even when it undermines our character and even when it no longer looks like love. And it will remain an unfortunate circumstance until the day that we as creatures of emotion become brave enough to be vulnerable, smart enough to recognize it at first glance and tough enough to work at it and learn that sometimes, even with love, you have to let it go. That's pretty much the gist of what the novel is about. And I use that as a segue today because a lot of my friends and also my daughter asked me to keep talking about relationships, how to get into them, how do you recognize horrible people, how do you know when it's really love or when it's a false love, a fake love, how do you know when a person seriously likes you, even some of the fundamental questions like if you've been out of the relationship game for a long time. How do you jump back in? Where do you start? Where do you actually go to meet people? How do you meet people? Again, I say I am not a professional. Okay, so the first thing that I want to look at with relation to this topic is the whole idea about there being no good guys or good men out there. I've been hearing this said for as long as I've been alive. So before I tackle the question of how to get into a good or a new relationship, I wanted to address this particular statement and viewpoint that so many of the women that I know personally have shared with me. Yes, there are some really bad people out there, both men and women, when it comes to relationships and maintaining them. But there are also some good people out there and some of those good people are of the male persuasion. The best way for me to answer this question is with something I said in my book about the subject. In the book, I say that good guys are hard to find because bad guys are hard to let go of. Women claim that they want the regular guy that works every day, 
keeps his word, takes care of his responsibilities without being forced to, and puts his girl on a pedestal. But once they get him, he's too boring, he's too corny, he's too predictable. And then they go back to the guy with the edge to him, the charm, the charisma, the man that you can smell the danger on and can predict, you can predict that he is going to hurt you or break your heart. We seldom actually meet people for real. People are drawn to the familiar and to the things we like and repelled by the things that don't interest us all based on our personal experiences or what we have heard or seen and decided to like or dislike. Now, fellas, women have to worry about a man cheating on them. So they worry about their competition is another woman or other women. It's different for men. For a man, your competition is not necessarily another man. It's the memory of one. And what I mean by that is you have to compete with the memory of that great guy or the memory of that horrible guy. Because women give power to their past. Their, their memories define their future or hold them hostage. What I'm getting at is, okay, so say for instance, she meets this new nice guy. They're out, they're on the street, they're chilling, they're relaxing. They bump into each other. He genuinely likes her and he says hello. Before she even takes the time to have the conversation with him, she's already going through her mental checklist to see if he either strikes a chord and reminds her of that guy that changed her life and blew her mind and made her feel amazing and the first person that ever made her think about getting married or riding off on a horse into the sunset. Or she's looking at the other side of the page, the other side of the list, checking to see if he's that same guy that lied to her all the time, messed with her best friend, she forgave him, he cheated on her again, stole her money, borrowed her money, didn't want to work, was a deadbeat, but gave her great sex. Don't even get me started on the fact that so many people get caught up in bad situations because they equate great sex with love. That's another story for another time. But on this topic, I'm speaking to the fact that we don't, or women in particular, do not meet new people or nice guys because, like I said, everyone they meet is someone they already know. Because before you can get close to them, you have to compete with the memory of someone old. Can't meet someone new if everyone you meet is competing with the memory of someone old. It's just my take on it. That's so crazy to me. So, of course, there are no nice guys because you can't see even when there are. You still got those blinders on. If it was a good view, it's rose-colored glasses because everything you see is rosy. But when it's that bad, dark view, you got on those storm shades. It's already dark and you got shades on, so everyone you look at has this dark persona, this bad image. They're already a bad guy before you even meet them. That is unfair to the guy, and that is so unfair to you as the woman. Okay, so that's my take on that, but 
Let's go to what happens when she actually meets a horrible person. So me, my rule of thumb for dealing with the situation in terms of horrible people is there's one thing I try to remember. I learned this the hard way. Horrible people will always show you, tell you, or give you the inkling that they're a horrible person. And you only have to do one job with horrible people. All you have to do is believe them. When they show you that they are horrible and that they are a terrible person, you just have to listen, pay attention, and believe it. But so many of us, what we do, because they have a few of the things on our checklist, they're a beautiful person on the outside. They have this characteristic that I want my child to have. The sex is so amazing. Like I said, don't get me started on the sex being amazing. The craziest part of all about it is we see the signs, we hear the signs clearly, but we do what so many people in love do. We explain it away. Oh, he didn't really mean that. Oh, she's not really like that. Oh, he doesn't treat me like that. It's just because of the alcohol. He was drinking at the time when he said that. He really didn't mean to hit me. Oh, maybe it was my fault for pushing him too much, for nagging. Come on, man. Seriously? Don't we get it? At what point do we not acknowledge the fact that explaining away people's faults does not make the faults go away? All it does is keep us connected to people who we should not be connected to because they are not good for us. Not saying that their flaws are there and I'm not flawed because we're perfect people. No, everyone is flawed. We all have flaws. But I am saying that when you recognize that this person is not good for you and not going to treat you well and this relationship is not going to go in the direction that you need and want it to, run, escape, get out, listen to yourself, trust your gut. You cannot change them. They will not change because of you. Yes, change is possible, but it takes an emotional situation to change someone and maintain that change. It has to be a choice that they make. It has to be a situation based on experiences that they have that change them. You can't do it. You can help influence change and help people grow. But that is such a slow process. But if they are a fundamentally horrible person and they are showing you this by the way they treat other people, they may treat you well, but they treat their family or they treat their ex, they treat their baby mother, they treat their baby father, they treat these people that they used to love mind you used to love these people now they treat them horribly you had better believe if they have the ability to treat other people this way they have the capacity and the ability to do the same to you they're horrible people
Okay, so let's move on to the next question. My daughter and a few of my other friends asked me this question. They said, how does someone that has been out of the relationship world or the world of trying to date get back into it? How do you go from chasing your career, chasing your ambitions, establishing yourself, and focusing on you to build you up so you can be a good you to share your life with someone. Now you're ready to do exactly that. You're ready to jump back in. So I thought about this for a second. The first way I would answer that is to say, first and foremost, I am so proud of anyone in that current situation. Why? Because that is a very taxing, very frustrating, very scary position to be in. So I'm very proud of the bravery and the courage that you guys have. Anyone in that situation that's about to do that, that is a brave thing to do. The confidence it takes and the, the bravery. And, you know, all bravery is is when you're afraid to do something, you do it anyway. So I applaud that. So now further into the question, for me, I'm old school. So I'm going to give an old school take on it. I know we have all this new technology, all this new social media, and we can DM people and we can instantly chat with people, bow like that over great distances and meet so many different people and give ourselves access to so many different people. We're going to talk about that and how I find that very flawed and how I feel as if that is undermine our ability to socialize as people as a whole and how that has led to more people being even lonelier in this world and in this country that we live in. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But coming back to how to get back into it in my old school tech techniques, I think the simplest way to do it is find those things that you enjoy, those things that you like to do that are outside of your house. And start to do them on a regular basis. Because what that will do is that will expose you to people that are like-minded or that have similar interests. Because you're somewhere doing something you like and the people you meet there are obviously there doing something that they like. Hey, two people that like the same thing. Oh, maybe you can spark a conversation based on the fact that you both enjoy this thing that you're doing. And I find that the best way the easiest way to start a new relationship is conversation, real conversation, not texting, not over great distances, not emojis. Like I said, I'm old school. I need to be in someone's company where I can see their mannerisms. I can hear the inflection. I, I can see the slight crooked smile. I, I get to know them on a different level. It's a different type of connection. So I think all it really takes is find those locations or find those things that you enjoy, those places you like to go, those things you like to do. And the people that are there doing those same things gives you a different pool of people to socialize with and possibly connect to. Because, you know, for some people, Bars are not the place to be. Clubs are not the place to be. You know, people are trolling. People are just out to to score or just have a quick hit and run circumstance. Or maybe there are some people there that are, are 
interested in real relationships, but it's so crowded. It's so noisy. To me, it doesn't seem very conducive, although on the other side of it, there are very few things more romantic than a slow dance with someone that you saw across a room that intrigued you and you found attractive and they found you attractive and then you found your way to each other and then your hand touches their hip and you gaze into each other's eyes and then y'all song come on and y'all start grooving. <laughs> Don't get me started. It's very few things better than that. Guys, let me finish this segment by saying this. Relationships are hard. Relationships are work. But nothing is more fulfilling to me personally than a legitimate connection with someone, a, a good, solid relationship. And for me, that's on every level, with friends, with family. But in terms of the people that you love or the person that you love, that relationship, when you have the satisfaction of knowing that you've gone through hardships, you've gotten to know each other, you've grown together, you've evolved together, you've helped build each other up. You've been each other's support system. When your partner has fallen, you've picked them up. And when you could not pick them up, you got down on the ground and stayed there with them until they were at a point and ready to get up. And you got up with them. You know, you went through all those hardships. You shared the ups, you shared the downs, you shared the good, you shared the bad. And now you're together. You're, you're relating with one another and you're enjoying it. See, the key for me is this, and I say this to all my people in relationships or all my people looking for relationships. Be with someone that makes you happy, not just in the broad sense of the word, someone that on a regular basis you enjoy being around you enjoy their company that is the the fundamental the most fundamental thing for me it's not just the grandiose things oh she's beautiful she dresses so well her body is amazing no i need someone i'd love the idea of being with someone that when the world is chaotic and Everything seems like it's going wrong. I see their face. I see that smile. I hear that voice. And everything is better. All is right with the world again. Because my friend is here. My love is here. A person that I enjoy being with is around. And we're together. That's me. I don't know about everybody else. Hope some of this help. Here I go. Sean Cleveland. No manuals for this life. And again, like I said earlier in this broadcast, the author of the book, Let It Go, an urban Greek tragedy. It's about love and how sometimes for our own benefit, we got to learn how to let that shit go. So until next time, as always, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. I'll be back. <laughs>